Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I am Ken Napsok. And this is the Clone Wars Report. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> It has now segued from fun little news to ominous drums. Deal, no deal, the crisis of the deal. (laughs) 
Yes, Deal No Deal definitely deserves big, dramatic drums. We are very excited uh, to continue to get the opportunity to even be talking about the Clone Wars, because, of course, it has returned for Season 7. We are on Episode 6. We were halfway through this uh, 12-episode arc (laughs) season. It's not an arc. It's a season. Seems like. And we're halfway through this four-episode arc. There are too many numbers for this time of day. Anyway, as you said, this, this episode is called Deal No Deal. We've been having a lot of fun with these titles. A lot of them have sounded like songs. Uh, this one sounded more to me like James Bond was hosting like a game show or something. <laughs> I have been loving the, the kind of modern pop culture references with some of the titles and the play on words. And, uh, you know, they've had a lot of great titles in Clone Wars, but I enjoyed this. Deal yeah, no yeah. Deal. Why did Deal No Deal speak to you? Um, just uh, even right from the start, when you see it listed on the screen of Disney Plus, I just started laughing. It just put me in a good mood. Uh, and this is not necessarily a happy-go-lucky episode, but I was just like, ah, yeah, we've got a deal, or do we not have a deal? Let's get <laughs> into this one. And then also, you know, figured going to go into some underworld fun. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, as a fan of Las Vegas, just lit up at Deal No Deal uh, too easily. <laughs> Too easily. All right, well, let's get into Deal No Deal. What was your big uh, overall reaction? Man, I got to tell you something. I I love this episode. And I, I've been loving this arc, and it is a little slower. It's a little more character-based. And I think that's some of the big big, uh, big things in, uh, you know, in Clone Wars history that some of the bigger episodes are the, are the smaller ones to me. The real the character studies, the, the studies of the galaxy and what's going on and, and what you can learn from them more than the big action. And I love the big action stuff. So I've been just enjoying this more than I thought I would, if that makes sense. And I don't mean that in a negative way, just like I'm in it, I'm in it. And I am just enjoying everything this episode did to paint a even deeper picture of the, of the lower levels versus the upper levels and the differences there. Um, uh, the stuff going on on Kessel, I just got really excited about. And, and uh, again, just, a fun, a fun look at uh, fun again. A, a good, deeper look at just Ahsoka and what her point of view is now compared to what it might have been and where it will go. Okay, wow, yeah. So all the character stuff just really, really hooked you and grabbed you, and you yeah. did not care that there was the very little to uh, no action. Uh, yeah, right. Like, oh, I mean, it's a, it's a talkie. <laughs> <laughs> it is there is sound and everything yeah, yeah. Uh, no singing sadly but uh maybe maybe we'll get there yeah. <laughs> uh yeah it's, for me i i was really struck by that yep this is a little bit of a middle chapter mm-hmm. of an episode and uh, like event wise i did feel like maybe maybe like we could have gotten a little bit farther it'll be interesting to see the next chapter and we'll talk about it but it felt to me a little bit pacing wise just the number of events that maybe we could have got to kind of the next thing that happens after the tractor beam at the end so for me a little bit of uh pacing sluggishness but all of that is made up for by the fact that there is really great and interesting character development and theme stuff that we'll talk about and one or two kind of great mind-blowing moments, uh, really uh, heart-blowing, I guess I would say, heart-blowing moments. Um, (laughs) And then the visuals of it, right? This is, it it felt like, yep, this is a a character episode where Ahsoka's being developed, but also Trace and Rafa and all sorts of themes of family and trust and blah, 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 that we'll talk about. Uh, But it also just seemed like, Dave Filoni saying the tradition of Star Wars and Clone Wars in particular is watching ships come in over environments for landings 
<laughs> and our yeah. graphics are awesome. So we are just going to blow you away with the visuals of these environments. There's <laughs> a lot of land in Star Wars uh, animated shows, isn't there? A lot of great land in <laughs> Yeah, and there was this was some high end landing, right? I mean, Kessel, yeah. you had the thrill of, oh, it's Kessel, but then it, some different parts of Kessel, but it oh, looked yeah. beautiful. You know, even Coruscant from a distance looked beautiful. All sorts of uh, stuff there. Mm. Um, I think it was also affected because I, I watched it uh, the first time uh, late at night, and and I enjoyed it, and I thought about it, and all those things. And then I, when I rewatched it this morning. I think I, I, for me, I put my finger on what I was trying to figure out about why it felt a little bit different mm. is that I think Ahsoka's perspective is definitely there and she is still struggling with what does it mean to be kind of a Jedi, not a Jedi, mm. but this is really Trace and Rafa's story. Yeah. Trace and Rafa are the ones who are actually learning things. Ahsoka is just reacting and making a few choices, but she isn't going from at the beginning of this episode, I believe X. Now I've been challenged. At the end of this episode, mm. I have this new perspective. Right. She hasn't got there in this arc yet. And, and it's Trace and Rafa who are learning that all of these things they think are not correct. And Ahsoka's got there to go, hey, uh, you guys are in your fantasy world, and I'm, I'm trying to tell you about reality. Yeah, there was a, yeah, a lot of uh, – and, and, and it, like a – not a role reversal, but for Trace, who was kind of – it's definitely world-weary and street-smart and all those kind of things we've learned in the, in the previous episode. But then all of a sudden now kind of like, I left the air brake on. I, well, you, you know, I need a license. Like, I, And I liked some of that, but it was uh, – yeah, there's a lot of that world learning going on. <laughs> yeah, a whole lot of learning. So uh, let's let's dive into what we think the, the big themes were. Uh, for me, I, I was kind of wrestling with how to say it, but uh, in, in terms of kind of traditional – Star Wars themes, I felt like this was a lot about very core idea of taking your first steps into a larger world mm -hmm. and just, you know, for lack of a, a better term, you know, becoming an adult. Uh, mm -hmm. The lessons that George Lucas wanted you to hear when you were 12. Right. That seems like that's what a lot of what is going on in this episode, particularly from Trace's perspective. Yeah, that's an I, that's an interesting way to look at it. I I I. I yeah, I definitely think it's there, especially when she's talking about, uh, you know, we know we get they have to survive on their own and no cho no choice to do it any other way. But but still, like I said, yeah, taking that larger step and just the look on her face, even on just the hyperspace moment stood out to me of like literally first time she's done this, <laughs> literally going out into a larger world. Yeah, yeah. It's a literally a larger galaxy. Uh, yeah. yeah. So there, there are so many moments that kind of reinforce that of, you know, Trace uh claiming that she's this great pilot and it's in that the ship is the fastest ever and then we learn that she's never really flown anything outside of a, a speeder before never been to hyperspace doesn't uh doesn't even not have a license doesn't know that licenses are a thing yeah. uh and trace overall i feel like it, it seems very much a choice from the creators that she is a different perspective on han because she has a lot of Han-specific things, uh, right down to dumping the spice. But like, yeah, I'm a great pilot. You need me. I got the fastest ship in the galaxy. And and we're used to Han having that. He is kind of like 30% bluster, 70% can back it up. Yeah. And Trace is just kind of, she's heard other people say these things. You know, but it's it, it. She hasn't actually taken that step into a larger world. She isn't an adult. She hasn't experienced these things. 
Yeah, that's because uh, there's the line about uh, her when she's talking about her parents um, separating, going away. Um, I forget the exact quote, but yeah, it it, it reminded me of that too. And another look of of not the republics. Well, I mean, a little, it's a little bit look at the republic, but what becomes the empire? We always talk about the oppression of the empire, destroying industry, destroying families, and that's part of the the what's going on. To see it already in in place in the republic, you know, that's got to got to open up Ahsoka's eyes a bit too. So I, I like that they're drawing apart upon that. And I, yeah. like, I like what you're talking about. She's got a lot of bluster because she's heard the bluster. Yeah. And, and I, that, that line about her parents too, when I watched it this morning, I, I had forgot that there was this uh, kind of significant uh, pause, this ellipsis where she says, mm-hmm. you know, we, we got this after my parents split. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you can interpret it a lot of different ways. And yeah. even that feels like to me, like a tie to, Han as a symbol of the sort of orphan story of a uh, mm. mysterious orphan. We don't know exactly where his parents were. Right. And Trace and Rafa seem to be following that tradition too. Definitely. Definitely works for me there. Um, uh, there's some, there's just some wonderful, there's some, just a lot of charm with Trace and, and Rafa too. I, I, I think there's, I was going to point out the, the animation and the voice acting on these two characters has been really just top notch, very modern looking. There's a lot of expressions. You know, you go back to season one of Clone Wars and that was one of the things just kind of the, style hadn't you know the technology hadn't uh supported the 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 drive and goals of the creators now it has and just a lot of great looks and moments and trace just kind of that beams through it to me with some charisma of, of of looking at the bigger world yeah no i i agree i think there is a level of sass that was not uh technologically possible uh in a level of emotion <laughs> Uh, there's that moment where ahsoka kind of uh when uh, raf is challenging ahsoka and ahsoka kind of gives her kind of puts her hand on her hip and gives her like a look up and down. Like, I, I think that level of sass was not technologically possible <laughs> at the beginning of Clone Wars, which is really cool to see. Yeah. Uh, for me, for Rafa, for this sort of theme of, of stepping into the larger world and becoming an adult, you know, Rafa is the older sister and the one who, you know, at least seems to claim to know how 1313 works and how big real business works. But we get this great contrast between like, yeah, I know how the world works. I've dealt with people like Pintu you know, epic mm. gangster pinned to. And then yeah. o- over th- as this episode goes on, you, we get to see through some of that great animation that allows more subtlety where, where she is starting to realize, Oh wow. Like it, a, a galactic level gangster leading a massive crime syndicate that is too big f- for the Republic to put down. Yeah. That's real different than, you know, little time Pinto. Yeah. Yeah. The, the the local street tough versus the uh, the Godfather. Yeah, yeah, and there's something about that that I really like that that speaks to that uh, taking your first steps to being an adult, where like you can kind of relate to that, where you're a kid and you're like, if you understand how high school works, you know the ins and outs, and you think I know people, I know how this works, I understand power structures, I understand clicks, and then you go to college, you go to your first job, and you're like, oh damn, no. <laughs> yeah the world is bigger and more complicated and higher stakes mm-hmm. than I thought. And I, I really felt that from Rafa. Yeah. I, I, I love that you said this is a, it's the first steps into a larger world for all of them, for all of them. And, and in a way, Soka has been doing that of, of, of going outside what she knew in the Jedi order and, and kind of seeing things again. Um, I call her a little more world knowledgeable, street knowledgeable in her own way. But yeah, I, I like that. That's kind of a, a lesson for all of them right now. 
Yeah, no, I think uh, I think you're spot on with Ahsoka. I think what I really liked about Ahsoka is she is the knowledgeable one, um, you know, to the point where they ask her, how do you know all this stuff? Which is a great moment. Um, but it, it was really interesting in terms of Ahsoka kind of, it's not taking a first step, it's taking a different step into a larger world where she is totally knowledgeable about all this stuff, but experiencing it for the first time without the resources of the Jedi or the Republic. And I felt that last week a little bit, but it's different for her to like go, okay, well, I'm kind of trying to hold back. I could, I could absolutely kick everybody's ass. I could kick Pinto's ass 8,000 mm-hmm. times without breaking a sweat and all of his thugs. And then she's like, well, Kessel and the Pike syndicate and slavery and Zygerians like, yeah, I can deal with all of this with a squadron of clones and permission from the high council and, you know, <laughs> in order from the Republic. But here I am knowing how big the threat is. And I'm kind of just out here alone. Yeah. It's yep. a different kind of maturity, different kind of step. Yeah. I like that. And without the, the, not just the protection, but the maybe ingrained beliefs kind of stepping out from underneath those and, and, and not necessarily changing your belief, but changing how you interpret them or how you apply your own, you know, personal experiences to those beliefs. Pretty powerful stuff. This is this is uh, some some really interesting uh, adventures for Ahsoka that I, I wouldn't expect going into the season. I think we were all focused on at least I was Siege of Mandalore, uh, Ahsoka the Powerful. Now they got Ahsoka the the is taking a step, <laughs> and I like it. Yeah, yeah. I think you know it's it's kind of played for an element of comedy, but when she is coming up trying to come up with the plan of what to do with the spice and suggests, you know, turning it, uh, giving it to somebody who actually make it into medicine yeah, and then has to kind of retreat and go, I don't, well, I was thinking in ethical terms, it wasn't a plan, uh, that it's, it's a fun moment. It's, it's a high stakes moment, but it's also really interesting in terms of her relationship with the Jedi where she's sort of declared, mm-hmm. I don't think you guys are, are following your beliefs. Oh, but now I'm out here on my own and, and, I have to make these ethical and tactical decisions for myself. And like probably when she's visited, you know, if she she has faced a problem like this before, she wouldn't had to personally make a choice, right? As much because she would have gone there on a mission with specific objectives. And she still has her own uh, morality and her own empathy within that. But she's got Anakin and the council and the Republic to say, we have decided that X needs to happen on Kessel and you are an instrument of that. Yeah. I, I love that. I love this, you know, this kind of structure in place, uh, uh, leadership in place, uh, um, uh, just a tradition in place. And even though some of the things that a lot of the things Jed are going to do are going to be in line with Ahsoka's heart to have that kind of power. But now that power's in your hand, like, and now you, you, you know, by going, well, let's give it to someone They'll do something with it might not be the safest plan right away. And you have to deal with yeah. that in a different way. I think that's a really interesting way to look at it and how Ahsoka's learning outside of the Jedi box. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we will definitely talk about the super important, uh, trying to enter the wrong, uh, uh, flight path lane, uh, just cause there's so many great things about that. But it, to me, that was almost like a, a way to make what Ahsoka is feeling is literal of like, I can't go in that lane anymore is like a really literal version of I am not in line with the military, with the Jedi. I got to take the uh, civilian route, literally. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm trying to think the the wonderful real real world examples we all might have, no matter what line of work you you've been in. You know, <laughs> you you're walking into your old place of work like that's not I can't I can't anymore. Even if I wanted to, yeah. I can't. Yeah, I, when I walked back into Kinko's and couldn't go behind the desk <laughs> to make copies, it was just like a Sokotano. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> yeah, do, uh, I know you worked for a long time as a as mall security. Are you ever tempted to make a citizen's arrest at the mall? Uh, no, but I, I, I'll, uh, walk around and, uh, seen things and uh, my old boss used to do this too. And he'd call and he'd come by like, Hey man, I'm, I'm up at another mall and I'm watching a organized retail ring work right now. And I'm thinking of getting involved and be like, well, just call you, you eat your hot dog. You can't now <laughs> eat your hot dog. Also a good lesson. Uh, maybe that'll be the moral of our episode. Uh, the other sort of scene that jumped out at me is this idea, uh, of, fantasy versus reality and it, it kind of goes in in hand in hand with taking your first step into a larger world but it, it seemed like it was really highlighted how many times the characters thought things would be this uh kind of more romantic mm. mythical exciting beautiful version and then they realize it's this kind of uh encrusted perhaps caught up in you know the mechanics of people being not them best selves and just sort of a little bit darker reality than the the fantasy. What? Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite moments was Rafa kind of actually sitting at that table with uh, on Kessel, and oh, kind yeah. of. All right. Well, I've got to learn to say some of these things, right? I got to say, you know, and again, the actual <laughs> real world. Oops, you're here. Um, fun to watch, not necessarily fun to experience, but fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought a lot of it happened on Kessel, but I even thought you think the kind of fantasy versus reality starts with the silver angel. Right. And without I, the episode doesn't give us any evidence that it's an amazing ship, but this is like <laughs> fastest ship ever. And I think even the fact that it's called silver angel and they kind of poke fun at her about it, 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 it sounds like a kid's name for a perfect spaceship. And then the reality is, you know, it's a, fine spaceship that she doesn't you don't know how to fly it you know you don't know how to turn the brake yeah which but i don't know if i've ever seen that in canon before i do like the idea that the x-wings have an air brake you got to get that off what <laughs> yeah I, I love for some reason it's like i don't know naming a sword before it's earned its name you know <laughs> just kind of oh this, yeah yeah oh, okay <laughs> sure 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 okay needle got it yeah. Didn't Joffrey do that? Uh, Widow's Whale. Exactly. Yeah. He oh, never earned God. that. He never earned that. No, no. Uh, but the, so you were touching on with some of the Rafa stuff. For me, the, the fantasy versus reality was a lot of it was built up around Kessel. This idea that it seemed like Rafa knew that she was do, doing something shady. Yeah. But was involved with like the higher end of shady and like the fact that we go to this forested area of, of Kessel. So we go to a literal verdant, beautiful forest with a beautiful castle where they can work with the king. It's literal, actual fantasy where, uh, and, and Ahsoka's like, no, 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 no. This is not, this isn't, we're not playing. This isn't fantasy. You're not working for a king. Oh, look over here. Slaves. Yeah. 
it for what I think just because I just recently rewatched it for uh, Billy Patterson's show Hot Takes. I, I just watched Temple of Doom, and this just that it is almost beat for beat some of the stuff. <laughs> fancy, fancy palace, royalty, big dinner, no snake surprise. But then just the <laughs> underbelly, what's going on there, and certain characters having to to learn, uh, you know, um, confirming what they might already suspect, or some just kind of being exposed to it for the first time. Uh, that worked well for me, you know, and it, it kept, like I said, the, the fantasy versus reality trope. It's all, it's all right there. But I, and I just, and it, we'll talk about. I just love seeing that side of Castle. Oh yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, the, uh, the other thing I kind of wanted to ask you about is, uh, I know my brain tends toward the meta, but mm. in a way, this again seemed like whether Filoni is doing it on purpose or not, a little bit of a meta conversation about Star Wars because the original trilogy. And the people who grew up with that is a little bit more fantasy in, in the original trilogy. You don't hear about things like hollow news. Government is implied, but it's way off out of focus. You can really just watch it as Luke Skywalker is a Jedi Knight. Uh, Leia is a Leia is a damsel in distress who can save herself. Uh, Han is the charming rogue who learns to become a knight. And it's all mm. It can it, it can all really lean into it's the mythic in the fantasy and you don't want any too many real world details in Star Wars because it's about the fantasy and then you get into the prequels and in fact the entire Clone Wars era and, and I would argue in general modern Star Wars and you care about things like that this episode cares about like you know ex exactly how are people paying for things oh spice can be turned into both a medicine or a you know, in illegal narcotic, uh, which lanes are you allowed to fly in? Do you have a star uh, pilot license? And it gets into a more modern era of Star Wars where Star Wars has, in order to tell its stories, it has a lot of the just sort of the uh, less fantastic machinery of real life. I love that you said that. I love that. It's such, I, I think that ties into a lot of things we talk about here and, and this thing we've been on. Um, and definitely I've been pounding my fist, uh, unfortunately on other shows recently of just the star Wars is, is, is not about the high, how and the what it's, it's, it's more about the why, why does this happen? Why does that character come back? Why does that thing there? And, and I'm glad you, and without a doubt, it, it the prequels, George was starting that himself. I don't think he could have done the original trilogy any other way. Right. Uh, right. antithesis to what was going on in the seventies and the Chinatowns and the French connections and all those serious movies in the time we're in. Uh, we needed that. We needed the surface and it's not even the surface. It's deep stuff. But I love that even George was like, cool, great. Now let's challenge those things. We have those challenges that we believe as, as fans with some reality underneath it. Tarkin says the uh, Palpatine swiped the Senate away and it's a one second line. Now here's, here's what that means. Here's all the people behind that. I love that, and I think I I don't think uh, I don't think you're wrong because uh, Filoni's got that side side to him, you know. Kind of yeah. like, hey, let's here's what's going on. You like Kessel? Cool. Here's here's some stuff. Here's some real stuff to it. Yeah, yeah. I I think I really like that because it, it it ties in Star Wars. It's still fantasy, right? I mean, we we watch everything in this episode, and, and we see exotic aliens and bizarre worlds and, and you know spice is still a strange and exotic space fantasy thing but at the same mm. time you, you get to have this joy of rafa and trace uh more trace seeing things from an original trilogy perspective of like oh a king in a castle and then the real world in ahsoka is like no drug lords supply lines practical solutions and it, that, there's something joyful to me about that making that friction a reality of the characters in star wars 
this this might tie with going back to we were talking about last week about the thirteen thirteen stuff and how I do love thirteen thirteen is this fabled you know cult followed uh, a, a level of Star Wars or this area of Star Wars with cool bounty hunters and it's dark and gritty and it's like a first act of a Batman movie but and I love because I love that and I love that and I'd still love to play that game I'd still love to have a, a show based around that but I, the fact that they were like cool that thing you know. Here's the direction we're going with it. Here's some of the real building blocks to this greater story, which ties to all parts of Star Wars. I, I, I like that choice. So I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, it does really work on that level in this episode. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, talking big picture about this episode, the moral. So the moral this week was mistakes are valuable lessons often learned too late. How did that grab you? As someone who makes mistakes daily... <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, when you when you really break it down to not forget that your mistakes and this is not even almost about Star Wars, but to not not forget that the mistakes you make, look at them as those valuable lessons uh, just learned a little bit later and and not to beat yourself up that, about them and to adapt and move on from them. Um, hell, maybe even Palpatine does that. Let's not take too many lessons from Palpatine. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, so uh, that sets up this episode where you're like, things ain't going to go good and things Things never go good in Star Wars, right? Uh, Han's the king of mistakes, uh, he's, and he always is. His butt always lands in butter. But uh, I, I like. This is why I'm interested. To see, you know, it's such a two parter. And you're right. The ending, the ending is 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 rather abrupt. But uh, um, I'm, I'm, how they apply lessons from these is interesting to me. Um, oh, you're right. This moral really highlights that. Uh, these characters are learning lessons, uh, perhaps too late, but can they, <laughs> can they? apply them <laughs> in the third and fourth episodes of the arc? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, when I saw that come on, I think there's a part of me that would totally expect, you know, mistakes are just lessons we can learn something like that. I would expect mm -hmm. the fact that they add, uh, often learn too late. Right. I literally, you know, was up at 1230 at night with my whiskey uh, is an older middle-aged person. And I just said out loud, too real, man, too real. <laughs> oh, youth is wasted on the young and Star Wars lessons are wasted on the young, right? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, but just the the, the too late, uh, you know, you can still go back and apply them, but... Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I wanted to ask you this sort of uh, philosophical question mm. because it, it, it did in, inspire me this, um, the moral of this episode. Uh, do you think that you have to personally experience things to truly learn them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm mm. part to spin that out just a little bit. I mean, a part of it is Ahsoka has the knowledge and if people listened, they could maybe avoid these mistakes, but that's part of taking a step in the larger world that trace in particular, Rafa a little bit too, have to make these mistakes for themselves. Do you think that's true in real life? hundred percent true. Uh, this idea of, you might understand it from afar uh, and, and you might never get super close to it, but just to, that allows you getting close to things, seeing it and then feeling it might not completely change your worldview, but it might uh, uh, at least cause, give you pause to think about the whole picture and, 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 and different ways to approach scenarios and situations. I think there are different ways to approach things, but uh, it, 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 when you feel it and, and you understand it, uh, it it's, hopefully breeds uh, not uh, compassion, empathy, but also just um, 
how to navigate the waters a little bit better, how to navigate through some of the bigger things in life. And, and, and that happens all the time. And that, that kind of learning should never change, never stop in your life. Um, and, uh, and, and for Ahsoka to put it to Ahsoka again, she's, she, she was trained. She's had a lot of things ingrained into her. She's got this great heart and none of that goes away. None of that means the Jedi, like we've talked about, none of that means the Jedi have it wrong. It's just now she's down on the ground on her own and having to learn and see it and experience it. Now she fully understands what some of the decisions or non-decisions by the Jedi order cause. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's great because it, that that moral of uh, mistakes are valuable lessons often learned too late can feel like it's really directed at Trace's big uh, spice dumping decision, right. but it is great to put it into uh, Ahsoka's uh, perspective as well. Mm. Yeah, mm. I think it, it. The reason I thought of that question partially is you know I have an older brother, and when I was young, he would go, "Hey, I already made that mistake, so I can tell you it's a bad thing. Don't do it." And I remember as a teen, like some of them were like fun things and like i don't want to know that right i want to find out for myself <laughs> i wonder if ahsoka ever feels the way i did uh, with her big brother anakin uh skywalker academy in, in our our first section of the podcast we talk about the uh, big picture stuff we leave time to talk about the action because there's so much action in clone wars <laughs> except for not in uh not a lot in these last two episodes and uh, almost not at all in this episode i mean very uh, yeah i mean Jedi, Jedi mind trick. Some spice was dumped. Yeah, the closest <laughs> thing that I could get to action is when the uh, the Pike Major Domo Fife shot the lock open. Right, because I thought that we had gone through this episode with no lightsabers and no blasters being fired, but one blaster was fired. Blasters, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and an air brake left on. <laughs> uh, that that is a big action moment, and I, I take it from your comments at the top that. You're totally fine with that. You you're fine with there being an episode or even an arc of Clone Wars uh, with less action. I absolutely am, and and you talked about it. When we were going through the Bad Batch stuff, which had some spectacular action. So, and, and again, what pulled me into Clone Wars was some of the early stuff and going, oh, oh oh, this is some cool Star Wars fighting, and I like Star Wars fighting. I just sometimes do think I have a tendency to tune out. When some of the actions going on in shows, movies, this goes to some of them. Not, I want to say issues with Marvel. I enjoy every Marvel movie I see, but sometimes the fighting starts and I literally just shut down and I go, I'll emerge when the story starts again. And it Got doesn't it. mean that the creators aren't putting decisions in those fights because uh, as a good writer, you're supposed to, as as, as you know. And and um, so it doesn't mean I, I love, I want my Clone Wars episodes to be my dinner with you know, Andre style stuff here. <laughs> um, I just like it for, for overall pacing in, in this, in the series that I can sit down and this one can just kind of be like, Oh, let me listen to the sentences, not wait for, uh, you know, record to go wreck shop. Yeah. That would have been pretty amazing if record just ran through or we just cut to a random scene of record smashing something to, to keep the action. Up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh I'm, yeah i'm with you I, I feel like there has been variety throughout the whole uh history of clone wars and there certainly have been episodes with uh less action uh you know that's mostly political and then padme will get off a, a few shots from a blaster and uh things like that uh just you know, in the middle sometimes. of a meeting just <laughs> <laughs> i'm making a point here bale pew, 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 right at the ceiling uh yeah i think there's a part of there's this uh, ahsoka is a character that we do associate with, with 
thoughtfulness and empathy in in that but but she's also she's one of the badasses of star wars so there's this hunger to see her uh fully unleashed but i think there was a pleasure in feeling like there's this sort of danger in this episode that it could have erupted mm. into violence and ahsoka is probably really 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 wanting to avoid that and look when when she finally or if she explodes and, and because you know fully uses her skills or whatever and 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 wields a blade again, it's going to mean a hell of a lot more. I, I would think, I would hope, and I think it will. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It would be. It's a good uh, build up to have this uh, action packed episode where the air brake is left on yeah. and the lock is blasted <laughs> that's open. Right. That's that's the episode in a nutshell. Great stuff. Ah, oh, we forgot. We left the air brake on. <laughs> we left the air brake on. Well, we are going to take our break, air brake off and take a break, and then we will be uh, back on the air in just a moment for the Clone Wars Report Part 2. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. 
United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. And we are back for more Clone Wars report. In this second half of the show, we dive into all the details of the episode, just kind of going in order. And there are a lot of really great, juicy details in this episode, so I'm excited to dig in. Uh, so let's just start at the beginning here, Ken. Uh, so Trace and Ahsoka are repairing the ship. Uh, one of the fun details is that Trace asks about exactly where uh, Ahsoka, what academy she went to to learn all this. And Ahsoka says, uh, Skywalker Academy. <laughs> Uh, go go ahead. Let's talk about that a little bit. What, what was your reaction to that? Yeah, fun. I know a lot of people love when um, she said brother last week, so it's a fun a fun nod. But my my thought, this is my one not a negative, but like my, my brain went to like, well, what if Anakin was so famous that Trace was like the Jedi? <laughs> uh, I went but through I guess, the exact same thought yeah. process because you know some Clone Wars material kind of describes the Jedi as like they get featured on the Hollow News. He's a big hero, but I kind of took it as down on thirteen thirteen. Like they don't want to hear that dumb Hollow News propaganda about hero Jedi. Oh, did you did you retake Geonosis for the eighteenth <laughs> time? Big hero Jedi. Big hero. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I like the weird the look on Ahsoka's face afterwards where it, it couldn't tell if it's like just sort of uh, sadness or kind of bummed that she can't quite, you know, uh, yep. come up with something else there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> of all the things I said that. <laughs> uh, we find that Trace and Rafa's parents, uh, dramatic pause split. How did you mm. take that? I... I I'm not saying it. I didn't take it as a uh, classic divorce, and then <laughs> um, I took it as I, I took it. Uh, I took it as problems, but both left for whatever reason. Um, but also, I didn't trust that it was just on the straight up and up. That it could have been something related to uh, criminal in the world or anything like that. Maybe we'll find out. I don't think we will. I think it's just a, a little detail in the past uh, to get us where we are now with these characters. But I, I didn't necessarily. Like I said, I, I think I made a joke earlier, but I didn't necessarily take like. Cool, mom and dad, Kramer versus Kramer, uh, custody <laughs> battle. Um, but it's just the fact that uh, they don't even want to talk about it. She can't talk about it. You know, it doesn't want to hurt. So whatever happened. Um, but they aren't around. They aren't able to be around. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot because I felt like split was like the, uh, the uh, word she was looking for that could have meant, yeah, they left the planet or mm. one of them's dead or they split to prison. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I hadn't really thought about it before, but it's nice to see this scene where, you know, Ahsoka and Trace are bonding. And then I didn't even mean to do this, but these two details I picked out to talk about are them kind of both being willing to only tell each other half truths. Yeah. Because the way she says split is the same way Ahsoka's like, uh, Skywalker Academy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. You got to, you know, both these characters have good reason to keep their guard up. And uh, maybe when they finally let it down in full, that'll be part of the end of the arc and something beautiful to to, to behold. But yeah, I yeah. kind of like that. Do you when you're watching this uh, section where uh, mm. 
Ahsoka keeps dancing around the truth. She she agrees to stay on if if Rafa is okay with it. Rafa asks Ahsoka about her skills. She says, "I only have useful ones." So she kind of keeps talking around her own Ahsoka's own truth. Do you feel a desire to have Ahsoka tell the truth? Do you think she should? I do want to see her tell the truth. I want to see that matter in the sense of uh, having specifically Trace on her side um, and having Rafa come around and, and have it be the idea that they're like looking at the Jedi with a different perspective from their end. She's she's seeing things from a different perspective outside of the Jedi Order, seeing what, what happens and how things matter and all those kind of things we've, we've talked about. But to have them kind of go, after the fact, oh, you did that, you are that, and we have a different view of that, being a Jedi. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, so you think Ahsoka is holding back from th- not wanting them to see her through that prism? I think, I think number one, I think it's safety protection, and, and just she's got to keep that under wraps, as we know, but I... Yeah, I think I think there it, it could be one of those buzzwords. Well, I you know even if you were to say even now she's like, well, here's the, here's the thing, uh, I'm a Jedi or I was a Jedi or I was a Padawan or whatever. <laughs> I went up, I was up there. Um, yes, it would it would color her in a certain light to them, and and she doesn't want that now, especially now, definitely early on. It's all based out of protection that that we know, um, but as trust grows. I don't think I don't think right now Ahsoka's consciously being like I'm not going to tell them I'm a Jedi so they can have a positive view of me. I just think that it's factoring into the story as it rolls out. Yeah, yeah, I think she would definitely will uh, tell eventually or probably show. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Ahsoka's going to be a good writer in that way. She's going to show, not tell, with the Force. <laughs> um, but it really struck me when I was thinking through this that Ahsoka probably doesn't have enough perspective herself yet. So I wonder if that is kind of the arc that we're going to of like, she hasn't come to terms with this, so she can't explain it to somebody else. Bingo. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a big point. I really like that, that she eventually might, again, I eventually, I think that this will come out. I think it's where we're headed, but like, how, how, what, how do, what does that even mean? What does that mean to me now is something she's still going through. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like almost she can't. Like if she ends up using literal skills, but also uh, philosophy of the Jedi Mm -hmm. to save them, to get them out of this uh, trouble with the Pike Syndicate in a way Mm -hmm. that Ahsoka feels proud of, then maybe that will unlock the like, ah, I get it. This is why I left the Jedi. This is what I'm still proud of. And now I can express Mm -hmm. my truth to you because I understand it. I think that's exactly well said. That's exactly what I what I hope happens. Awesome. I, I am hopeful for that, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's uh, move along to, I think, probably for hardcore fans, one of the uh, th- most thrilling uh, parts of this episode, uh, where Trace pilots the Silver Angel into a, a military-only lane with the great uh, low-altitude armored transports, the Republic gunships. Ahsoka gets real concerned about it. We get to see Yalaren. We get to see Anakin and uh, and Ahsoka interact uh, after a fashion. Let's talk about all this. In all of this, what what jumped out at you? What jumped out is it's starting to happen, and then you hear Yalaren's voice, and it's just kind of fun, right? And you're like, "Oh, ooh, what's Ahsoka gonna do?" But the moment it cuts inside, and Yalaren, he is he is 
in the Piet pose, and he's over a worker, and Anakin's over his shoulder, and the look, and I just, I got excited, uh, just as a longtime Star Wars fan, and just on the surface, and then it go, you can go into what it means, but yeah, right there, that was my first moment of just like, oh, we're doing this. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I nerded out so hard, it was so great. The second I heard Yalarin's <laughs> voice, I was just like, yes, yes, because I, I really like Yalarin, I've always found him. Mm-hmm kind of fun and crusty and interesting and you know, those little moments would pop up in early <laughs> Clone Wars uh, episodes where yeah. you'd be like, I guess the Jedi are going to do this. Fine. Uh, and then you go on and learn that he just, he easily transitioned from the Republic to the Empire. All makes sense to him. That's great. And that uh, he's yep. all in. He's in the Death Star meeting. So I've always liked mm-hmm. Yalar and I thought he was a well-developed character and it's really believable that we make this transition. And I, I, so I was excited just to see or hear him and knowing he has a relationship with with Ahsoka, but I felt like this scene was like he doesn't know he's about to transition to the Empire, but he already has. Mm. Because like, what is he doing? It's it's so imperial of like, not like the Republic wasn't like this, but the way it's heightened of like they are not following the protocols. I yeah, I should be doing military things, but I'm going to take time and resources to arrest them and take their licenses and just like you total just officious a hole. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I like that. It's already there. It's already in his heart. Yeah, he's already an imperial. Yeah, he's already uh, willing to rat people out into the uh, ISB that he will one day run. I was just gonna say he's already in the ISB. He already is there. (laughs) He's already doing it. Yeah, Uh, Mm. and then the Ahsoka Anakin sensing one another moment. Did that hit you on an emotional level? Oh, it really did. It, it hit me on, you know, what is what we know has happened, what we know is to come, um, and that Anakin feels these things. And then I'm fascinated. I definitely want to get your uh, opinion. And it bounces back to you here. They're like, what what does this mean for Anakin slash Vader that, you know, he keeps these little secrets? I know Vader keeps little secrets in the Emperor, and he's got stuff going on in his head and his, during his meditations and isolations. But that this is a trait that goes back to there, that... Not that Anakin would be like, hey, wait, you learn. I think Ahsoka's on there. I, I wouldn't expect that. But just like, what a little little interesting wrinkle to Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. He knows this. He knows this. What does that mean to him? Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, just emotionally, like, I, I literally put my, my hand to my heart watching it because it is that that tragedy of them being, you know, we're spending so much time with Ahsoka you know, where she feels like she literally can't even fly near what used to be her home. And, you know, her her teacher at Skywalker Academy was so close to her in seeing that they were still that connected and using that traditional Star Wars language to show that connection was just really emotionally powerful. But for Anakin, there's something powerful in seeing him let her go. Because there's there's a part where it's like, yeah, of course, Anakin doesn't blame her for what happens. He, he he did pretty well in that whole debacle. He worked hard to prove her innocent, but he still feels guilty about it. So on one hand, it's like, oh, that makes sense. Of course, he'd just let her go about her business. But when you think of Anakin, the first thing you think of is not peacefully letting go of something he cares about. And the idea that he's just like, I don't want her bothered by Ilarin, but I'm sure he'd like to see her. I'm sure he'd like to know how she's doing. But he just yeah. lets her go. And is that yeah. a moment that Anakin 
could have learned from and could have done more with of letting someone he loves go. Absolutely. Yeah, great point. And what a, I don't know, dare I say, graduation moment for Ahsoka to know that, you know, she doesn't know it fully. I think she senses something's up there. Uh, senses, uh, probably senses Anakin in, in a way. Um, but just, um, just that idea of uh, you are on your own and you kind of need to be and you kind of earn that right yes. to be on your own. Yes. For Anakin, uh, to your point about the lesson, that's powerful too. But it also shades, I'm, I'm thinking of other moments. I mean, Ahsoka feels this the other way around, right? Like, <gasps> wait, uh, that, that, that bad guy might be, that seems like Anakin. Uh, I like in Lords of the Sith, as as Vader uh, crashes to the ground on that ship there, and the, uh, he, he has that flashback to Snips. It's a feeling, it's a connection. So it's a testament to that. But I, I love what you're saying about him. Because you're right, I, if you read the facial expression, it it doesn't it's 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 it doesn't feel like he's like great i'm going to go get my own ship and follow her i don't know maybe he does but i don't think he does it, it's not played like that it is played of she's on her own and i'm not going to interfere with her out of respect for what she did and and my support for that decision in a way yeah it feels very much like somebody who uh has been asked to give a loved one space <laughs> yeah, and like in this very epic way, he—it's this epic romantic space. I see you're online, but I'm not going to DM you. <laughs> like uh, you, you need your space. You need to be doing whatever you're doing, and mm. and I let you go. Yeah, yeah. Good uh, points. Uh, you you mentioned a, a bunch of other great Star Wars moments that this evokes for you. When I watched it the second time, I felt like it was uh, like a very strong direct Star Wars poetry of the Return of the Jedi scene um, with Pia almost stopping uh, Tidarium, with almost mm-hmm. stopping the shuttle that Luke was on and Vader sensing that Luke was there. And Anakin, you know, so we got Pia Yalarn who are just very directly going, we've got a problem with this ship. We're interacting with the ship. And then Anakin Vader kind of wandering over and going, mm-hmm. hmm, what's that ship about? Actually, no, let it go. Yeah. Where is that shuttle going? Yeah. Yeah, love, love, love every... I mean, it's down to almost some of the lines. It's down to beat for beat, for sure. Yeah. Shot for shot in some, in some sequences. Loved it. Yeah, might be some some blocking uh, similarities there. Yeah. Uh, any other... Oh, actually, I wanted to ask about this, because uh, there are, have been timeline discussions that have been seen. People ask uh, Matt Martin, in particular, on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, suggesting that maybe these Clone Wars episodes aren't in... That from the season seven are not in linear order, which I did wonder about that too, because we've got it established in the Bad Batch arc that Anakin is dealing with those sieges on the Outer Rims that he is allegedly just coming back from in Revenge of the Sith. Whereas this feels like he's on Coruscant kind of doing basic, you know, mobilization or something. Uh-huh. Uh, what, what's your take on the timeline? I I think in my mind it 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 as as three people would say here we go again um, <laughs> it 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 like kind of has to be that yeah <laughs> and it, I, I'm not one that gets held up on that you know um, uh, but yeah if, if if look if I was Padme and I found out you know you're just hanging out with Yalarn <laughs> and you didn't even so much come by and say hi bring me pick me up something from Dexter's on the way home like. <laughs> I'd be upset. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, like I said, kind of has to. I wouldn't get held up on it no. if it isn't, but kind of has to. 
So if the truth is, if it if this arc finishes and Filoni and the the Star Wars uh, uh, keepers of the canon uh, all say, yeah, timeline wise, this Ahsoka arc comes before the Bad Batch arc, would would that annoy you on any level, or would you just say, hey, that is in the grand tradition of the Clone Wars that the episodes are in dramatic order, not in <laughs> you know linear order. I, I, I'd be fine with it because I'm fine with um, I've never really gone out of my way to watch the Clone Wars series in timeline order. Um, it did was confusing the first, and and I understand some of the reasons. Don't fully understand all the reasons why people can tweet at us uh, as to why. I, I at this point don't really care. But for this season, it's fine. It's fine because I'm just thinking of it as just a, if you're programming these episodes. And you want to start with a bang. What's more exciting than clones fighting? Yeah. <laughs> it's the Clone Wars. Come on in. You don't want to start with a think piece. And I'm okay with that. And now, with the power of Disney+, Plus, you can watch them in the order you want. <laughs> I like how you have uh, created in a, in even a little commercial voice. A commercial for <laughs> the Clone Wars. Make them your own. Put them yeah. in your order. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to Castle. Uh, so... <laughs> We go to Kessel, uh, we see the forested area with the castle, we have a dinner with a King Yoruba's major domo, Kanash Lock. Uh, then we go over to the uh, actual spice mining slavery area, we see a Zygarian, known in Clone Wars uh, for being slavers. They pick up the spice, uh, have some debate about uh, the Republic maybe uh, shutting down slavery, would they or wouldn't they? You said you were really excited about Kessel. In all of this, what, what was grabbing you? I all, all of it, quite frankly. Uh, the, the the first shot, which is, you know directly now connects to Solo, and and it's interesting because a lot of these uh, Clone Wars stories were already in the can, so to speak. At least the stories. The, clearly, they've made changes. Trace and Rafa, new characters. So, what came first, chicken or the egg? I I I, I don't know if the makers of Solo went to Dave Filoni and went, "Hey, we're going to Kessel. You got any shots of that?" <laughs> Any concept art what, 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 laying around, but they might have. You don't know. But uh, regard, regardless, I, I, I don't, I don't care about the how and the what. It's always the why. And and why do we see this? Because it connects the galaxy, connects Solo, and it means to, Solo's not too far from this time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, 10 compared years. to other things in Star Wars, so right from the first shot, I just was like. Uh, you know, obviously Kessel's been mentioned, but like, it's like we're really going to Kessel. <laughs> like we're we're really living in it, and I just love that. And then where it goes, like I said, the the, the Temple of Doom kind of feeling of the 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 palace and and the dark things going underneath. But the questions, tough questions uh, for Ahsoka to kind of just like, yeah, I, I have no answer <laughs> as to why the Republic would, um, you know, why the Republic didn't do this. I, I don't know all that. Um, I, I love um, there. You talk about meta moments. Ahsoka says, now this looks like the castle from the stories. <laughs> and almost us like, yeah, yeah, it's all it's all one here. It's the other side of it. It's a complete it's a complete picture of Kessel, and that's what excited me. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, definitely just like the visuals of that, like, yes, I've been playing this, you know, not that exact spot, but mm-hmm. been playing Kessel in Battlefront 2, and I know that particular yellow orange, you know, misty color, uh so well from that, you know, Kessel goes back to 3PO talking about it in A New Hope. So we've yeah. got this uh, strong fan association with it that I think has this uh, great energy with, especially for Rafa. Like, if Rafa kind of mm. wants to pretend that she can, uh, you know, run with the, the, the big kids, 
Mm-hmm. And she wants to be, you know, not a gangster, but a mover and a shaker, a, a smuggler, a, you know, a shady business person, all a Lando going to Kessel's like the big time, right? Oh, that's a great way to look at it. Yeah. It's like, um, Big swing for the fence, man. <laughs> you want to get in there with the best pitcher to get a hit. Yeah, this is a, this is a, a, a proving ground for sure. Yeah, you're playing with you're playing with legends. Yeah, going to yeah. Just I, I thought about it from you talking about the why of it because as fans yeah. you can just go Kessel, cool, and here factually we yep. know that's where spice is. But you get into the why. Mm. Why does Rafa think that she has that this is great and that she's really moving up mm. in the world is because it's not just random. It is what Kessel means in the galaxy, into the the characters that live in that galaxy. Hundred percent. It ain't. It ain't. Uh, what's his name? Pinto. It ain't Pinto. Yeah. This, it, <laughs> yeah. this ain't Pinto. Uh, yeah. You mentioned liking the the dinner scene. Uh, I I really liked. Yeah. Uh, just it's tra- it looked like it was out of you know King Arthur kind of uh, mm-hmm. with their little goblets and their big turkey legs. <laughs> uh, what do what what did you like about the actual dinner scene? I just love the the very clear statement on the opulence versus what we know. I think, you know, it's funny to the moment you sit down there and you're like, oh, okay, another part of Kessel. I think longtime fans or any, even, you know, recent fans who love Solo, I mean, you're, you kind of know what's going on there. Again, going to 3PO saying it in New Hope. So to be, we're, it's like we're sitting at that dinner table waiting for the shoe to drop and to have kind of Trace and Rafa like, turkey legs are great. Um uh, and why, but Ahsoka is us in that scene. Yeah, you know, it just kind of connected me. And uh, I, again, I keep using this word "fun" today. I must look up other words today. But um, it just was uh, really interesting to watch because you know, again, you know what's happening. But it, that this is where Ahsoka's knowledge is 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 put uh, best to use. Like Trace to me and Rafa really kind of were in over their heads at this by this point. Yeah, and and then when when the uh, when the server like drops <laughs> a tray, really well played moment. Um, uh, comedy and deep meaning to it, and, and and I like that. I liked all of it. I love dinner scenes in Star Wars; they're underrated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Empire Strikes Back is such a tease, you know. We want to see that dinner scene on Cloud City all the way through. And I, I know there have been many parodies, but um, <laughs> yeah, I like that Trace and Rafa are are riding high. They think that this is evidence that look, we're being invited to a palace. We look at this sweet deal I set up, and then to have that contrast where Ahsoka says the thing that you should not say in a, a, you know, a lush castle that is cover for, you know, slavery and drug running. He's like, well, spice is sometimes made to use other things. And and that's when the server drops the tray that like the server is so shocked at, like somebody said the emperor has no clothes. You're not supposed to say that here at all. (laughs) Uh, Then we get to the reality uh, where we do see, uh, they think those are droids because they're so rich. uh, Trace Mm -hmm. does. And like, no, those are, those are slaves. And, Mm. I think it's Rafa mm. who says, well, no, they can't be slaves. The Republic would shut that down. And yeah. Ahsoka says, yeah, you'd think they would. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what did you think of that? Uh, did, you, did, you, did it come across like Ahsoka's already been thinking about this a bit? Absolutely. And it comes across as these are maybe some of the unspoken reasons she was... Um, uh, it came to her decision to walk away. I, I think there's a lot of bigger decisions at that moment uh, while she's standing at the 
all-star team of Jedi telling her, oh, that was your Jedi trial. Nope, I'm out of here. But this this might have been something that you get the sense along the way. And we've seen a lot of it because we spent a lot of time with her in Clone Wars. Uh, and a lot of the lessons she learned from, I'm thinking of the Padme stuff. I, you know, we always talk about the, about the Mina Bonteri stuff. Uh, lessons learned along the way comes to this moment and it ties, it, it goes to, to what you're talking about at the top, at the top of the show. Uh, and for, uh, you know, Qui-Gon Jinn, um, who is probably had that on his heart at who do I choose the kid or the mother? I can't do both. Why can't I do both? I know I can't do both. Um, I, I I love that kind of reflecting back on something. Just it's just we accept in the story. Hey, there's slavery in the galaxy, but the Republic is good. They would do this, and a rare moment for Rafa, who is has every reason to be cynical down there in thirteen thirteen, just to be like, well, no, no, no. They come on, they do it for Ahsoka to be like, you think means other people have probably thought that too. Yeah, yeah. In, inside the Jedi Order. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even Qui Gon saying, "I didn't, I didn't come here to free slaves." He, he seems a little like I mm-hmm. wish I was. Um, yeah. yeah. So that, I thought that was powerful from Ahsoka. Uh, moving along, we we go and have their meeting with the uh, Pike. Uh, sc- mm-hmm. Well, not not yet. Yeah, they have the debate, the big moment of the show, the uh, the debate about what they're going to do. Uh, this is where Ahsoka finally f- finds out that they're actually going to deliver this to the Pike Crime Syndicate. Um, right. And Soka makes the argument that maybe they could just uh, take the spice and, and bring it to somebody who will actually make medicine uh, for to have a positive impact on the galaxy. Raffer really wants to continue with the plan. And then uh, somebody, I can't remember if it's Ahsoka or Rafa brings up that the Pikes will take, I think it's Ahsoka that says that the Pikes will take our, the, our lives, they'll take your ship. And Trace really panics about them taking her ship. That seems to be the motivation here. And in uh, classic Han Solo fashion, she dumps the spice. Yeah, love the moment. That ship represents so much to her. The the freedoms that she's earned, the potential for freedoms that she's yet to experience. I mean, it's hers. It's hers. And And I kind of... I kind of like it. Again, mistakes. Mistakes being made all around, but some of those mistakes come from an understandable point. Yeah. Point of view. Did it affect you uh, emotionally, the stakes of seeing the uh, seeing her drop the spice and knowing like you, you're in really big trouble and that seemed like kind of an, a rash, immature thing to do? Uh, the, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dropping the spice. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, sorry, you cut out on my end, so I missed your question. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we are recording remotely again, people. <laughs> we are, remotely, but close in our hearts. No, I think you got the gist of it, of just how much it actually affected you to see her drop the spice. Uh, again, yeah, in that, like, protective, no, not anger. Yeah, yeah, I think there's something to me that uh, the stakes were kind of successfully raised by Ahsoka constantly uh, recognizing that these are very high stakes. These are very serious people and sensing for Ahsoka. And I have limited resources to deal with it. And both of you don't know how incredibly dangerous this is. And then that trace just does that so rashly in the middle of the debate. There's something about it. that's just, it's, it's, it's so specifically not a knowledge of the world. Like at this point yes. they're developing, like the three of them are, are, are kind of connecting in this sisterly way, like, uh, because Rafa and Ahsoka haven't been liking or trusting each other, but then they kind of turn on Trace and are talking in unison of, like, you did what? <laughs> that 
there's almost this whole like sister familial vibe developing now between all three of them in, in mm-hmm. what Trace does by dumping the spice seems like uh, something a, a, a sibling would do where they, you know, get mad and they eat the last piece of pie, you know, in the yeah. contrast between that kind of like, I got mad and I panicked and I did something uh, that my sisters don't approve of versus you dumped spice for the incredibly large murderous crime syndicate. We're all going yeah. to die. Uh, yeah. That contrast really worked for me. I love, yeah, yeah, it does for me too. I love the line that was from Sucker, the spice gave us options. And it's like, yeah, sometimes if you're learning the bigger world, you don't know, you know, that your, your, your immediate gut reaction, action, you don't know what that affects. And that is a smart lesson to make it a smaller lesson for, like you said, for Trace and Ralph versus the big picture of uh, Kessel and Pikes and smuggling. Yeah. Yeah. And we know, we know the dangers of dumping the spice from Han Solo. Uh, moving on. So basically the, the final scene, we meet uh, the Pike Marg Krim, who has appeared in the uh, novelization of the, the unproduced Clone Wars arc, a uh, dark disciple. And mm-hmm. uh, Ahsoka has come up with a big plant, and it is to basically Jedi mind trick him very quietly. It almost works until the Major Domo mm-hmm. uh, Fife uh, gets suspicious. And in a, a burst of huge action for this episode, blasts open the empty cargo. <laughs> I really like Rafa just kind of yells out like, oh, no, it's empty. Must have been Kessel. <laughs> <laughs> I did, too. I did, too, because I thought, oh, man. Uh, I would love to see uh, Pikes versus the uh, Royal Kessel family there uh, in, in, a, in a subplot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we still might since we didn't actually sing, see yep. King uh, Yoruba yet. Uh, that should yep. be very interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. So did you, did you like Ahsoka's plan? Did you like that she, her plan was, I will try to Jedi mind trick him. What did you think of all that? I liked it. I, I made a note that the, she Ahsoka uses the Force kind of Qui-Gon Jinn style, kind of, you know, we're not going to, you know, we talk often about what causes the Jedi to get involved, but I love that uh, Qui-Gon uses the Force on the Chance Cube, and Ahsoka's kind of inserting, uh, you know, it, it, it not she's not going to let this go the way it's going to go. She's going to influence it a little bit here, and I consider that using the Force powers for good. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we talked about recently on our, one of our main show episodes where we talked about Force Powers, about the debate about how ethical is a Jedi mind trick. And this yep. seemed incredibly ethical. Like, well, instead of getting mm-hmm. us all murdered uh, because we're yep. not running drugs well for this crime boss, what yep. if I just use a gentle mind trick to get us out of actual conflict? I mean, yeah, I could, I'd consider that some defense. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh any any other uh, thoughts on the the episode? Any other uh, characters or moments or planets or anything you wanted to discuss? I, I love the, the connections we talked about. Kessel, just even the shots of Kessel, Kessel connecting it to Solo. Uh, Mark, uh, Mark Kim showing up. Um, uh, you know, again the connecting to the to the novelization. Those little tiny things are always fun. Uh, I know we all want, want those connections, but when used correctly, and I think most of them in, in modern Star Wars are, they just really help flush out the galaxy uh, and, and, and make all the little corners connect, and I really like that part of the episode as well. Yeah, yeah, to know all of these different characters, you know, walk these same paths at different times for different reasons. Right. Yeah, it makes it feel also uh, connected. Uh, for me, little things, in that dinner, I really like the design of the uh, the cocktail glasses. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, you you would. I yes. would. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I <laughs> want one of those. Put those on the market there. Uh, Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really liked uh, Rafa's delivery to Ahsoka when she's saying, "How does she know so much? How do you know so much?" Because it's, I think that it's kind of it's funny, but it's also this sort of celebration of Ahsoka is incredibly experienced and knowledgeable. And that way, she has to basically keep going like. Uh, I, I heard a story. I, I read about it on Wikipedia. <laughs> what? I, I just, uh, I know a lot about the galaxy. I'm, I'm well read. I'm, I'm a great student and not like, I'm a Jedi. I fight these people. Like, <laughs> I, I read it on, on Facebook. Someone posted an article. <laughs> I read it. Yeah. This, it's Reddit threads. It's That's how I know all this stuff. It's <laughs> lots, lots about the pikes on Reddit. <laughs> yeah. Do you, uh, do you have desires, uh, predictions, suspicions for the next, uh, two episodes of this arc? I, you mentioned uh, not seeing the, the King Yoruba yet. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think we're going to the, uh, to the foot of the King and more lessons about what, um, is really going on. But also, I don't know. I'm hoping maybe there's, I don't know, maybe, maybe he's a nice King who just has a bunch of slavery going on in his land. I don't know. Um, but regardless, I just want to see, uh, Ahsoka, not just revealing herself to be a Jedi, not just using those powers, but, choosing um choosing the reason why and and what it means to her growth as we go towards what we do believe will be the siege mandalore to close this series timeline or not you know what i mean like i want that i want this to continue to be a four-part trace and rafa are so great and there's so much with trace and rafa so i'm I'm not putting them on the shelf i I want them but focus on ahsoka such a big character um and to to learn i think we're learning so much what it of what it means to be a, a, a real Jedi, uh, what's at the core of this Jedi Order. And I want it all kind of boiled down into the lessons and action she takes the next few episodes. Yeah, I think that's great. I, I think in terms of Trace and Rafa's arcs, I, I wonder if we will pick up on this thread that is, that's represented by Rafa saying, well, they, the, the Republic wouldn't allow slavery if Trace and Rafa mm-hmm. end up with sort of a, oh, you know, sadly we have seen the true state of the galaxy and, and we kind of despair for it even more like mm. things are bad on level 1313, but a lot of the galaxy is yeah. in a bad place, you know, would sort of position them as heroes who are ready to have a negative right. view of the way the Palpatine has, you know, taken the galaxy. Mm. And then yeah. for Ahsoka, I, I am hoping not because I need to see big action. I, I love the big action. Mm. It's cool. But if she really tries to negotiate her way out of this as best she can try some more mind tricks, tries, you know, to sneak away in can't and really gets down to the point of Trace and Rafa are going to be killed and she has to use her on leash with her full power as total defense. And if kind of going through her own arc of, of making those choices, like you were saying, gets her to some sort of peace with, with her personal philosophy of being a force user and the meaning of the light side and what the Jedi are striving to versus what they failed. Uh, I would really love it if that could come from the action of these crime lords are going to kill these basically innocent people. Mm, that's big. That's heavy, man. I like that. Yeah, I hope so. I like that. I hope so. It should be really interesting. There are yeah. two episodes left. Uh, I did some more reading yeah. to, to freshen up on everything that's been out there about the Clone Wars, from the animatics mm-hmm. to different little things that Floney uh, has revealed at uh, conventions and 
I think a lot of this arc is is fairly new territory, so it's really exciting yeah. to not know exactly uh, where he's going with this, other than it, it, it seems to be really about positioning Ahsoka to have uh, her perspective on on the Jedi and the Clone Wars and, and the legacy of it all. Just uh, one one more big giant step step for Ahsoka to be herself and become herself. That's right. Uh, any action figure. Uh, that you would want from this episode. Definitely want um, um, palace uh, servant with flipping <laughs> tray action. You want the Jerry Lewis in Star <laughs> Wars action figure. <laughs> yeah. And it's made with little little metal just so it clinks when it hits the floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, circles, right? Shing, 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 shing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I would happily Definitely. buy that. Uh, but I, Mark Krim, I thought, had a great design that... Big old yeah. weird uh, pike face and and great delivery. <laughs> yeah, Stephen Stanton doing it again. Yeah, he's a he's a Clone Wars utility player. So yeah. uh, I love take that figure too. after he had been mind trick and and uh, Fife was like, I'm gonna go check that out, and <laughs> he's sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was watching that the second time this morning, and just was like, he's still kind of like, what? Yeah, all right, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, yeah okay, yeah. It seemed like Jedi mind trick was like uh, a little, uh, a little Jedi uh, get him high <laughs> trick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. I'm just thinking peaceful thoughts. Uh, all right, we close out every episode of the Clone Wars report by uh, sharing what the moral of this podcast is. We know what the moral of deal or no deal is. But, Ken, what is the moral of this episode of the Clone Wars Report? The moral of this episode is if you put too much faith in one kind of remote recording technology and it fails, you must then learn to use other things, sometimes too late. (laughs) This is a very, very honest and practical bit of information. (laughs) Uh, Truly, today, you and I have stepped into a larger world of remote uh, recording. That is our episode. We will see you next week for another episode of Clone Wars Report. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 